Greetings, friends! Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. Scarecrow magic, I'm your host, Josh Griffey, uh, here for a brief intro before today's special episode. So, if you guys are here with us, we hope you're enjoying the show. We hope you're enjoying our October horror movie marathon, a horror film every single day, 31 in a row for the month of October, because we want to celebrate all things horror in October and Halloween. Um, so it's been a lot. We thank you guys for doing this with us. It's been really fun. It's really an exciting wave right now. Uh, thank you guys for participating in this with us. We would love to ask you guys if you could do one thing for us, please, please, please. Take one second right now and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. It is tremendously helpful uh, for podcasters and people like us to um, help us chart and find new people. So it just takes a second. I hate to ask, but please, please do that for us. Thank you guys for those of you who have. We've seen some of them flowing in, and it's always awesome. It always makes our uh, our day, our little Black Philip Hearts dance when we receive a rating and review. Thank you guys for that. Um, you can get at us on every social media account that you have. We're there too. We would love to talk to you. It's a great way to share the show uh, with your friends, your other movie-loving, whore-loving friends. Let's bring them into the fold, right? We'll grow our alchemist party that way. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with your ideas on themes, movies you'd like to see covered, new, old, double features, guest hosts, Anything like that, guys. As you know, every December, we do uh, we stuff your stockings, right? The pod stuffs your stockings every December. That's when we do listener select picks. So get in now with your best ideas on movies that we should cover uh, in December, and we'll try to pick as many as we can and get those covered. We'll pick our favorite listener submissions. So that's a great, great reason to email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You may also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you desperately want to see the faces that make these voices at Nerd Alchemist. Nerd Alchemist. All right, guys. So today, without further ado, you will be hearing my discussion with Adrian Clark. Um, I told Adrian and several of our guests this month, they are the very reason why I still have a Twitter, right? Twitter can be very toxic sometimes and not fun. Um, but I have met so many wonderful people who are movie lovers, who are horror enthusiasts on Twitter. And Adrian is one of the brightest. She is unbelievably charming when you speak to her. She's really, really intelligent. There's just a, a soulfulness when I talk to Adrian that I really appreciate it. It was, it was truly wonderful to spend time with her. I was so glad she accepted our invite to come. And she actually brought an unbelievable movie choice, Scarecrows from 1998, which is a really wild mix. It's the kind of movie I love to do on this show where on paper it feels like it'll be one movie and then it's a whole weirder movie than you would even imagine. And because of that, there's a, a weird melding of elements that make it wonderfully magic, right? So that was made even more abundantly clear by getting to spend time with Adrian. Uh, she was fantastic and lovely. Again, in the show notes, I will have all of Adrian's information on where you can follow her on social media, and then she will help you find her work from there. Um, truly one of the good people that I have met on the internet, and I was really, really thankful that she made time for us. So I had a great time discussing Scarecrows with Adrian. I hope that you guys have an amazing time listening to us discuss Scarecrows. If you don't, I'm sure it's because I failed, as usual, but hopefully... You'll get a kick out of this. Otherwise, you might find yourself in our field. <laughs> no, but seriously. Thank you, Adrian. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, I'm here tonight uh, joined by my friend and co-host for the evening, Adrian Clark. Adrian, thanks for joining. Thanks for making time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on after I cried about scarecrows on the internet. <laughs> but see, that that is the thing, and people who listen to this show know, like, as soon as I saw I desperately need someone to talk scarecrow movies with, I was like, 
My dad said I'd never make it. Here I am. <laughs> I have found my uh, my primordial purpose in the universe. So uh, can you walk me through a brief <laughs> exposition, I guess, if you will? Why Scarecrow movies and why particularly did you want to talk about the movie we chose tonight, 1988 Scarecrows? Well, I knew this question was coming and I'm still not prepared. <laughs> With a good answer, but I have one. I, you know, I'm one of those people. There are a lot of horror fans out there. They, we come in all shapes and sizes. We have different interests, etc. Um, but I'm, I'm one of those ones that part of the like slashes of things I'm into is Halloween in all its yep. glory. I love, love Halloween. I love the whole aesthetic of it all, the kitschiness, all of it. And so, you know, scarecrows <laughs> are always one of those things that when you're a little kid, you draw around the fall season. When I was a little kid, I would every year I would take a bunch of pieces of paper and I'd staple it three times to make a book. And I each page I'd draw a kind some scary thing that was you know, in my kindergarten mind what you would think of. So black cat, witch, scarecrow. And so that's kind of where <laughs> it just like became like the clearly like part of um how I saw Halloween, which then started me on the path of loving horror. So I was really, I've always been surprised because it's such a cool idea for a monster and it's so rarely used or if it is used, yeah. it's not used very well. And so I think my obsession really comes from the fact that I'm still waiting for someone to do it right. That's not fair to say because I mean, I, people are doing aspects of it right a lot, but there are, <laughs> I don't know. I have a very particular idea of what, I want to see. Right. You want to see the version come along that's like, this is like the exorcist, but for scarecrows, right? The genre Bingo. defining scarecrow. Yeah, because I was trying to think, and it's funny, when you mentioned that, the first movie that popped to my head as a scarecrow movie was Pumpkinhead, which is really not a scarecrow film at all, no. but it had a similar like visual aesthetic to me as a child. Uh, I was trying to think, I was like, uh, the scary stories to tell at night had a scarecrow set. Like, there are a couple but it is shockingly rare for someone. And I, I grew up in Indiana in the Midwest. I know you said you grew up in the Midwest. If you're from the Midwest, and I don't know, maybe it's a thing that like if you don't live in an agricultural part of the country, <laughs> this is a yeah. bit lost on you. But I think everyone who grew up in the Midwest has a I got the shit scared out of me by a scarecrow story. Right. Because mm -hmm. I was telling you when we were teenagers, we used to get drunk in cornfields. You would, uh, you know, have your time of amour with your girlfriend in the pumpkin, like in a, a field, wherever that would be. And when you're in those places that the whole thing is set up to be a nightmare, right? The corn casting shadows. Well, because we're in Indiana, so we have corn. It's very tall. And then you just see these drifting bodies, right? These like bags of clothes and hats. And it's so fucking scary. I don't know how that hasn't just become more of an iconic image. Like you said, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll get into why I think it's really hard to make Scarecrow movies, but <laughs> exactly. It's just a great, I mean, it, there's so many things you can do with it. Like, I mean, you see it in every Scarecrow movie at some point, you know, a hapless victim is staring right into the killer's face and has no idea. Right. <laughs> that, you know, cause they said it's a normal object that you see. It's a creepy one, but it's normal, you know? Yeah. Um, but so why did I want to pit talk about Scarecrows, 1988? Um, I, I don't know, really. I mean, I think there's something really magical about this movie and that it has that exact, like, late-night TV feel from kids yes. that, you know, were born in the 80s and were kids in the 90s. Because I think we're around the same age. I think you're maybe years older than me based on when this <laughs> movie came out. Yeah, um, for sure. So... It, it based on what you said. So, you know, we were alive in the 80s. I can remember it a little, but not really. You know? Right, right. We're kids, kids of, the, of the 90s. Yeah, And right. in the early 90s, <laughs> mid-90s, that, that, those kinds of things were on all the time, late at night, mm. you know? So, well, yeah, because that's where uh, the rise of TNT Monster Vision, right? I had, like, a derelict father who would just drop us in front of the TV, and this felt like the exact kind of thing I would have found doing that, right? And I think you hit on it. This movie to me was fascinating because <laughs> it's kind of this magic. We talk about it on this show, right? Like that's why it's called Film Alchemist. Is I was like, there are some movies you just watch and you're like, wow, just look at the craft, right? Beautiful 
cinematography, great actors, everything, and it's boring, and you walk out, and you're like, I will forget this movie in a week. Even though everyone is at the top of their fucking profession, right? And I can mm-hmm. admire what you did. I'm not moved by it. But you're like, sometimes you see a weird thing like Scarecrows, and you're like, it is a less than in every category, but is weirdly memorable and magically fun to me, right? So I was watching it, and I was like, so you just have this band of these characters, right? And uh, it's just these these rough-and-tumble paramilitary guys. But they do a really good job of giving them one thing that makes them unique. The performances are shockingly good, I feel like, from the paramilitary guys. And the Scarecrows are... N- That's the weird thing about this, right? Is it's not really bound by what the elevator pitch is, right? It's these guys get trapped by Scarecrows and killed, right? It's like dog soldiers with Scarecrows. That's not at all what we really see right there's there's a whole betrayal subplot and then these scarecrows are probably i would defy anyone like find me a a weirder amalgam of scarecrow superpowers (laughs) than the scarecrows in this film right and that makes it fascinating to watch right right and you know they refuse to give a a a real reason of what's going on (laughs) no they just kept doing that one shot where they would push in on that that photo and i'm like yeah. what does that mean stop pushing in on that it's yeah. just three guys <laughs> yeah and so you, you you can make up a lot of theories which is fun you know that's yes. part of why i really like it because as a kid i feel like you pick up on things or you view a movie through some weird way and like it's not actually like as an adult you'd watch it and be like oh, that movie isn't that at all but like those that's especially possible with movies that are intentionally vague and I love that. Yeah. Like, just as an example, in case that doesn't make sense, here's like a, a kid delusion that my <laughs> husband and I both both had, and I'm starting to try to see if every kid our age had it, is when I watched E.T. for the first time, like three, four, who knows how old, the moment Keys came on the screen, I mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's his dad. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I <I'm> like, <laughs> And my husband had the same thing. I don't know if it was just like a lot of divorce <laughs> narratives were around in the late 80s, like yeah. early 90s. No, I, I lived through a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's there for <laughs> Yeah, that was a uh, that's so strange cuz last month on the show we talked about um evil kids. And mm-hmm. I was like I remember the night that my mom brought home the good son and I was like, "Oh fuck, I can commit crimes and murders." Right? Like there <laughs> there are those moments that are bonded in your mind in a weird way. Because a, a movie that is a, a false tale becomes like a, oh, shit, this could translate into my real So I get you on. But no, I get what you're saying, right? Because this is the old um, Stan Lee used to say this about Spider-Man, right? Why is Spider-Man every kid's favorite superhero? Because you can't fucking see him. So when they read it, they're in the thing, mm-hmm. right? It's like what I tell people, like, Jason Voorhees isn't as scary to me as, you know, any demon because I don't camp. I don't camp. So when are me and Jason going to cross? I know he did make the cross country trip to San Francisco and Manhattan. But anyways, you're like most like, yeah, I mean, I guess he does. He gets a fucking round. That's right. But you're like, I don't, you know, like Freddie's just scarier because he can get into your dreams. Right. There is uh, an everywhere and an ambiguity ambiguity. Yeah, I really messed that one up. But uh, <laughs> but what I like about these scarecrows, too, is they, they walk that really fun line because the scarecrow mask in this movie is a fucking A+. And I th- I realized the detail that did it for me is they pressed in the nose. Yes. Like, I don't know why, but that extra little bit yeah. made that face so much fucking scarier and more human. Yeah. I, I was infatuated with the uh, Scarecrow. So what about the Scarecrows in this movie was the most captivating or excellent to you? <laughs> and it doesn't have to be one thing. I'm sure it's many. <laughs> you know, that's a good... I mean, the design is great. The, yes. I, and they're like, the design is great. And I, you can tell, right, this is this director, Wesley's first film. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do many more, maybe. I, I can't remember. I feel like there's like at least one more that I know of. But anyway, right. everyone listening to this is on a phone and has access to IMDb. Do it yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're here for the opinions, not the actual facts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My opinion is right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I think the the design is incredible. Which who's what's the name of the the designer? The designer's uh his name. 
is going to come to me. I can't think <laughs> of it. He went on to do um, a bunch of other of, of other horror movies and Planet of the Apes reboot and yeah. all this stuff. So really, like, like you said, the design is for coming from a real artist. It's super considered. Yeah. Um, but I really like that, although it's probably not intentional, um, it, you know, it was more like, oh, we needed more coverage and we didn't have it. But I love the repetitive use of the same shot uh, yeah. close up of the scarecrow that you can just barely see breathing. Yeah. Well, that was one of those things because I was like, why the fuck is the scarecrow breathing? Yeah. And it becomes creepier because yeah. this is this is the thing I noticed originally because it took me a minute and i i have children right mm -hmm. so when it's nap time or i'm teaching kindergarten so today i was teaching a kindergarten lesson while i was watching scarecrows so i was like do addition turn your backs so i was like this movie's way more graphic than i thought i was yeah. like turn around and you know count to four while i'm watching these guys just be eviscerated so i watch everything with the subtitles on right because that's yeah. how i have to like hear things and i didn't realize it it took me a couple seconds. I had to read it like four times where they're like the scarecrows mimicking one of the people. And yeah. so there is a, a demonic extra, right? And not demonic's the wrong word. Cause it's actually, it's very human. The way that these scarecrows fuck with these people. Mm -hmm. There are three or four scenes where they intentionally say things that almost just to add an emotional despair. Right. Yeah. There, there are two weird things that you have to face right at the front of the movie, which is one, we have no idea why these scarecrows still exist on this farm, what this farm is. Mm -hmm. Later, we're even questioning if this is a real thing or if this is like the Lost Island, right? But yeah. the other weird thing is, is that this is a totally happenstance meeting, possibly, right? Again, the, the theory at the end, where a guy is on a team of robbers, right? They invade a military base, so obviously they plan this out and they're super tough. And just somewhere in the middle, he's like, I'll just jump out and hopefully find a truck in a house. So you have no reason for these two elements to butt up against each other. So to then take the scarecrows and say that these scarecrows somehow are garnering this knowledge, right? So when they start fucking with Bert, they start saying things like, oh, it's just like at the base when we mowed down MPs. Right. And that could, in theory, just be bad screenwriting. But I like to assume everything's in a movie for a reason. Right. So, yeah. So I was like, these scarecrows somehow have obtained that psychically from his mind. And they are speaking with voices that they, I mean, maybe have heard over the walkie talkie, but not really. Yeah. So there is a breadth of magic and fuckery that happens with these scarecrows that is really catty and human. And it yeah. makes them way scarier. Right. To me, that's the scary thing about scarecrows that they just look like a person. Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And that is such a cool aspect to it that I don't know whether it was in the um like the shooting script if they went on um location with that in mind. But what I do know, which really like complicates things even more and should be like a a, a beautiful reminder for any creative type that like you just keep going because it's going to be awesome is that right. when they when they first cut the movie together um wesley realized that the first third was effectively silent and he was like oh shit that doesn't work yeah so that's when this like that's why so much of the dialogue is happening off camera it's the walkie-talkies you know? yeah yeah, so it's walkie talkies or it's the scarecrows. I'm not sure. I don't know for certain if the scarecrows were always supposed to be able to emulate, you know, these other. I, I assume that was part of it because it kind yeah. of plays into how the, these other characters are lured into where they yeah. are. But um, to the extent that it was done, it, you know, it could have been enhanced because certainly they added a lot yeah. later. And that's that one of great. those. Yeah, exactly right. And I, I love the way you phrase that because it's like one of those things when you're creating stuff. Is I think so many of us get frozen. So you're like, it's not perfect. And you're like, bitch, none of this is perfect. Like, you got to just get something going and hope that some magic sparks, right? Yeah. And so the weird thing, I love the walkie-talkie tough guy stuff, right? Because it makes the tough guys feel like, oh, they're out of control now. And they're trying to talk themselves up, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get this paranoia. He feels like people are breathing down his neck the whole time, which makes him extra susceptible to the psychic, uh, you know, catty scarecrows and it works so well because yeah. that's i read a couple of reviews and people are like well the first third is really boring and long and it's like i don't agree i really like 
I like the part of him just being like, I'm just winging it because $35 million. And you're like, right. yeah, fuck yeah, right? <laughs> like, I'm totally into that. Yeah. And, and that's the cool thing, too. Another one of the cool pa- – but, oh, I forgot the line, right? This is the line why I think even if they didn't mean to, to your point, they definitely did by the end. Because mm-hmm. the scariest vamp- uh, scarecrow, vampire, whatever, scarecrow – uh, line was at the end, right? When so we see the the leader have his full mental breakdown, right? He's yeah. losing his mind, and he stays behind because his friend, the harmonica man, died. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really bad with names, so I just no. <laughs> I assigned them a thing. <laughs> you you got with this movie, you have to because I mean I'm saying we're singing its praises, but there is a certain amount of inability to remember the names when nobody's <laughs> talking well, and yeah. being on camera at the same time. Like, how are you supposed to keep the you know? That's true. So, yeah, I don't remember. Well, had I, I mean, I have an excuse because I read their names in the subtitles 8,000 times. So I should know. I just remember Corbin popping up a lot. Corbin, Corbin, Corbin. Mm -hmm. And he was the cigar guy. Yeah. But at the end, right? So he's in the room and he finds this weird fucking altar room, right? There's like a a pelt and a weirdly nailed into the wall board and a tree stump. And you're like, oh my God, this is magic. What made these scarecrows, right? These three mm-hmm. guys were getting up to nefarious magic and now they're scarecrow sentinels. Uh, when he's busting in the door, right? So he busts in the door. The zombie uh, Bert murders him, right? And he's dead. I think it's Fred, maybe Fred, right? The harmonica guy's name might be Fred. When his scarecrow puppet comes in, I don't even know what you call those scarecrow zombie comes in the room. Yeah. He says to his dead friend, the leader of the squad, he says, how are we going to go to Mexico if we're both dead? And I was like, what a fucking brutally rude line to say. <laughs> so, like, not only is he dead, you're insulting yeah. a dead guy with the visage of his. We learn like way closer than we would have imagined best friend. So it's this really weird. Yeah. These scarecrows are really vindictive, right? Because I think. To your point, like even the scary stories to tell at night, right? Like that was a pretty good visual scarecrow bit they did. Yeah. I think the problem is, is that one of the things that makes scarecrow scary is that they look like a blank slate of us, right? Mm-hmm. You got to pull something out of them. This right. movie gives them that fucking vengeful nature, right? They're not just sitting and watching and killing because you're taking their crop. This is something much extra, right? <laughs> It's like a, it seems like a compulsion almost. Like, I mean, it, well, I guess it depends on how much, how nefarious, like how intentional their nefariety. That's a word. Ooh, good word. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not a word. But I guess the question that I always go back and forth with, and I like both interpretations, is how like intentional are they? So are they incredibly intentional de- demonic scarecrows that are like, you know, psychically know how where these people are or are they very of the earth and that this is all because of god only knows what some magic is just what they have to do so they can pick up you know the language of the things around the the people around them and regurgitate it back they don't know you know but it's just like a there's some kind of golem yeah right right or like oh person creature that looks like me must be chopped up, reassembled, and stuffed, you know? Yeah, because, see, I I like the golem idea, too, because that makes it almost like they were a punishment or maybe they had to do something to save their farm and now they're just stuck right. in this vengeful act. And then it's like, is there more magic drawing people here? Yeah. Anywho, right, either way you do it, but there are moments of really weird decisions where you're like, this plays so much more... Like, they are playing a cat and mouse game, right? Because if they're yeah. golems, you imagine a golem is more search, seek, and destroy, right? Right. And this one is like, somehow they magically take an engine out of a truck that's running. Right. That's right. an enormous magical power. Made <laughs> this like yeah. tackling my D&D nerd mind. We're like, what spell would that be? That'd be a good <laughs> roll, right? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, that's a serious magical spell, no matter what it is, to make an engine block disappear. Right. And he's right. driving, so he didn't run over it, right? Right. So I was like, that's a lot of fucking magic. If you have that much magic, crush the car on him, pull him out, rip him to shred. There's right. something very extra, right? And then not long after that, we see the they've scattered uh, the bills all over the trees, right? It looks like a toilet papering has happened. Mm-hmm. 
that's an extra, come on, come out and play. Instead of just busting in the door, right. which they clearly could do. Right. So you take the engine magic and the, the, the money toilet papering. And then the part of the movie where I was like, this is where this movie excels and becomes, it's like, eh, okay, okay, okay. Whoa. Is the scene when Bert returns, right? Mm-hmm. So now we have scarecrows who are making ventriloquist dummy scarecrows <laughs> to use again. Because I was like, who's animating Bert? Right. One of the scarecrows is psychically remote controlling him, right? He has no organs, no, but he can still speak and he's full of money. <laughs> yep. He has no organs, but he can still talk and be rude when he wants and has super powerful muscles, right? As a hollowed out creature, right. that is all magic again, right? That totally that level of I mean, that is so dastardly, right? <laughs> like that's one of the yeah. nastier, more despicable acts I've seen in a horror movie, which is saying a lot, because this is essentially a forgotten, you know, small micro budget movie from the 80s, right? Totally. And tucked within this movie that ostensibly is just scary scarecrows, that is a level of depravity <laughs> that I was so unprepared for. <laughs> and it makes these scarecrows the scariest fucking thing I've seen in years. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and then, you know, like, that's what's so cool about this movie is it's like, it's essentially just bare bones action meets horror. Here we go. You know, we're just trying to get to some gore and it's going to be <laughs> more than you expect. But then there are all these themes, like you mentioned the truck um, and the, you know, there, you could have two theories on that. One is that they disappeared the engine or the other is that things here don't have to be filled to animate. Right. So, so there was no engine is your theory. Or, you know, you, it's open to that interpretation, like that he drove it without, you know, it's just that like continued right. magic without necessarily um, knowing the rules. Because, you know, I think when you make something, if you start to explain the rules, you need to make sure that you follow them. This is Otherwise, what that that's what I call the it follows problem, right? The paradox, which is it follows sets up some of the best horror movie rules ever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is what sold the, sold the movie. This is why we all loved it. And then with about 30 minutes to go, they can no longer logically follow their own rules. <laughs> and it becomes really messy at the end, yeah. right? Because the rules are so specific. It becomes really strange, mm -hmm. right? And I again, I think this is playing into the Scarecrow mystique, man. You got to keep it drawn back, right? A silhouette against the starry night. <laughs> Absolutely. Poetry, poetry. Poetry, yeah, this is horror poetry. But I like that. Like, what if, what if the truck was never working? Right, this could all be some because the scarecrows can animate him and work him like a puppet and make mm -hmm. him say personal things. Because we just see his friends beating the shit out of him. Right, give us the right. fucking money. Give us the money. Right. Somehow, when he stands back up and starts superhuman fighting them. They're still saying personal things, right? So they're in his right. head. When his yeah. captain bites his fucking fingers off, the fingers on the porch are still moving. <laughs> so you're like, there's magic filling every cell of this fucking dead vessel. Yeah. And it's horrifying in and of its own, right? And, but when they decapitate him and realize he's only full of straw and money, they essentially make him a fucking murder pinata. <laughs> <laughs> and when they're just like cut him open and they're like taking the bills out, while casually talking. Yep. It just puts you in this, oh my God, what else is this movie going to show me? <laughs> right. I mean, oh, it's it's magic in that way, though. Yeah, because that's a cool, <laughs> That's there's your sound bite. It's mean-spirited, and I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, they, yeah, they don't, it's a bare-bones, lean story, which is fantastic. But yeah. then also, these aren't, most of them aren't great people. You know, they are criminals. Yeah. We don't know much about the background. Maybe they desperately needed this money. You know, that would change how you look at them. But, you know. Everyone desperately needs three and a half million dollars. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But I suspect that it was, I suspect that they did it on purpose um, to make them not likable for a couple of reasons. One, because it's so much more fun to watch them just get gacked. Just yes, 
ripped to shreds. And I think it's very intentional that they show that they hijacked a father and daughter and their dog's plane. Because the, the minute now, you bring a dog in, you go, oh, these people are assholes. That dog needs to get home. The dog is one of those things where I knew I was in good hands, right? So we start the movie and it's very, it looks very made for TV. Like, all right, some day for night stuff. All right, weird, weird. The two things where I immediately was like, I think I'm going to like this movie. I trust that they're doing something extra, right? I like that the dog was in there. That somehow in the midst of this, like a dog is just on a plane at a military base that's being attacked. I was like, that's just a weird enough detail that someone had a really specific reason for doing that, right? I'm okay with that. And then the guy who is just, again, so this is the other thing. The movie never shows us what happens. But right. we have to assume these guys go in like absolute badasses and tear through a military base to steal this money and hijack a plane. By the time we drop into this plane, the big, the biggest guy, right? The biggest like, you know, muscle guy. It's just like chilling with the harmonica. No matter what happens, right? He stole the money. He's still, oh, my harmonica. The harmonica thing and the dog, I was like, there's extra details here that lets right. me know that they were thinking we have to put fun flavor into this, right? They weren't just, this isn't like a paycheck thing. Like there right. was some extra thought put into this. Fun note, I don't know if you watched all the way through the credits, right? When they were doing the news report. Oh, yeah. So at the end when uh, her dad gets blown up, which is not a great moment, but he did stash the money under the seat and endanger his daughter for it so he can die. Fair play. When he gets blown up by the grenade and uh, the guy who's now like trying to do a redemptive act, the dog goes and eats a little bit, right, of the scarecrow corpse. What they say later is that when police showed up on the scene, the dog went ballistic and attacked everyone. So there's a version of this that we missed. Where that little sweet old dog became this murderous scarecrow dog. <laughs> I scare. I know. I need a scarecrow dog. I need a scarecrow dog movie. I mean, maybe. Right. Maybe he shouldn't be the main villain, but he should be. We need more scarecrow dogs. But I, I mean, like that someone's got to add it in as a tie-in, right? Like this is an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, but it smells of it smells of the kind of thing where, like, at some point, it was a scene. Yeah. And then, you know, the effects guy was like, I can't, I have $5 left. Like, we can't do that. Did you and see what like, we right, did with it. the you murder pinata? We're out. We're out of money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I. But, but yeah. That's, but that extra stuff, though, matters a lot, right? And, like, the, the lady who was there is essentially to just keep telling them they needed money. But then, like, she's got her dice thing, right? Like, she keeps rolling snake eyes. And she's right. like, something's off here. And I was like, oh, my God. That's telling me either the scarecrows are using their magic to manipulate her dice mm -hmm. or this is like a whole realm of magic we've entered and we didn't know about it. Right. Right. So those little things, right, The the giant muscle guy just eating corn and I found my harmonic like his chilled out nature does not fit or equate with the guy that we are told helped raid this thing earlier. Right. Right. In those little details, just I always look for things like that in movies, like let my mind have fun with that kind of stuff. Right. Like, you don't have to spoon feed me like my nightmare version of this movie is they kept going back to like black and white flashbacks of like the raid on the base. I don't need that. I don't like yeah. just let me wonder, like, what is it with this fucking guy in the harmonica? <laughs> like what's yeah. happening? Why did the scarecrows bring the harmonica back? They knew that's how they honeypotted him. <laughs> You're like, just let me have my fun with those moments. And they had a lot of them. Like one of the scenes that really I found intriguing uh, is again when the the lieutenant loses his mind mm -hmm. and he finally breaks. I was like, what an actual fascinating scene for a movie like this, right? Right. It really, I mean, I, what did you make of the scene when uh, the lieutenant snaps? You know, I don't know if I've ever overthought it. I mean, it's, it's. It's like the. <laughs> that's the that's me, the what, subplot like, that subtitle for our podcast, the over overthinking stupid movies podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I like that. Though. You know, and why I didn't though is because I think I think what they're doing is really clever. Where you know there are certain types of scenes you see in certain genres, and then you meld two to make a subgenre, and you can sneak a lot of stuff in. So like you know this like military or ex military guy losing his mind, you know, like from the pressures of it all is like 
pretty common thing that you see in, in mm-hmm. action movies or war movies, right? So it kind of, it dovetails so nicely. I, you never think, you've already said this, you never think. It smooths some of the magic of things out so that you're not overly like, come on, like what is happening? You know, <laughs> and it, it grounds it in a way. Does that make sense? No, abs- absolutely. And that's what I'm saying is that this this movie that obviously they're like, we know we're going to d- deliver like scarecrow hammer magic, right? Like this is going to work. People are going to see those scarecrows be like, it's fucking terrifying. We're going to have the pinata bodies, uh, you know, the head in the fridge. Like, we got that stuff on lock. There is a surprisingly copious amount of really good character work. Yeah. And it's so, because a lot of these movies have what I would call the, uh, the pornography aesthetic, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, these people all look like the next time I see them on camera will be, you know, with that soft focus, like Kenny G music, right? It's yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the made-for-sci-fi channel aesthetic, as I call it, I guess. But this one has real stuff, right? Because, again, like you were saying, the harmonica becomes this thing in the context of this story, right? Like, maybe this guy is completely checked out. He mm-hmm. can't fathom the carnage he just saw, right? right? And same yeah. with this commander now who's just, you know, doing the, why do you think we kept shooting and they kept falling and we didn't? He just shot these scarecrows, right? Right. He cannot fathom the fact that there's something he can't kill that he's not tough enough to handle. And it makes him question his whole thing. Right. He's like, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe that this is all, maybe we did get hit and we're in hell. Right. I thought that was weirdly fascinating choice for this. Cause this is normally the guy, you know, like this guy felt like um, the commander in day of the dead. Right. Like Mm -hmm. he'll start throwing guys in front of him. So he doesn't get murdered by scarecrows so he can get out with the money. But they take that character and exactly what we think we're like, we'll see this coming from a mile away. And he's just like, I just want to be with my buddy. Like, I'm sad my buddy's gone. And it really took me aback. And the acting yeah. is very good. It's very passable acting. And you see the other two people. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, they've seen it before. Like you said, like, he's got that thousand yard stare. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Right. And they fucking run out and right. just leave him in the fucking house. It was bad. I mean, it was a baffling yeah. decision that really struck me a lot more than I, than I thought anything in this movie would. And I think that yeah. was the fun part, right? Like a weird scene is when she's like, put on some rouge. It'll make you look happier. And the girl just does it. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, coping mechanism? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I know. Those two characters have a really weird relationship through this, too. Because, like, the you know, the wo- the female vi- villain, Robber, uh, is left to kind of watch the daughter, like, caretake her. <laughs> Yeah, and they have that like it's like a very weird, you know, you the the contempt for each other is what you expect. But yeah, the moments like that or like you know they have a few lines back and forth where you're like it's weird. they're just kind of like chilling. It's, yeah, it's they're just hanging out, man. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's like maybe she's like a military brat. She's never been on her own. She's like what? There's face yeah. makeup. Like I want to do that. Like I've never. <laughs> and you're like this is a whole new thing. She's not worried about the murders that are happening. Because that was one of the things that was funny is when she ran. You're like, okay, so that'll be the next three deaths, right? Is them trying mm-hmm. to track her down. She hides. A scarecrow's killing her. They yeah. made her dad a scarecrow. Maybe he'll have, like, the uh, Friday the 13th 6, right? Like, he's going to pre- – I was like, I don't know what's happening in this movie. I don't know the rules of these scarecrows. They seemingly are very powerful dark wizards yeah. <laughs> that can do anything. But um, she didn't. She just goes out and sees her dad, and she's like, fuck that, and yeah. goes and hangs out with the people <laughs> again. And I was like, I love it. I yeah. love it. she she has her emotional reaction to it but then she gets over it pretty fast and like the blush thing is great because like all you can be left to think is you're like oh she really does want to look happier yeah maybe she wants to see in the mirror that she's not in this horrible scenario i was like i told because i'm one of those people that not to like completely belittle myself but i am one of those uh mountain out of anthill kind of people Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up as a very dramatic kid. I was a theater kid, right? Like, it's it's just in my soul to, oh, right? Yep, totally. The vapors every day. The vapors, right? And I was like, the thought of these people are just like, I just want a harmonica. I just want a piece of corn. I just want to do the makeup. I just want to roll my dice. It was so fucking relatable to me. <laughs> like, to be in this moment, it's like, I, just, I don't care about the money. I just need one thing to anchor my feet to. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I, I was fascinated by how much I enjoyed the characters in this movie. 
I, same. Yeah, every time I watch it, there is a quality, and I think it's, um, I think it, I will blame it on the score, which I also will blame the negative reviews on. Well, some people are just joyless assholes, so that's sure. some. But uh, but the the score has a hypnotic effect, and I think yeah. they could have done a bit of tempo shifting in the 90 yeah. minutes that would have made it feel a little bit like the movie was moving faster because it is it's like less than 90 minutes it's fast but that score kind of in places does a disservice to things um <laughs> see i found you know? i remember a point being like damn they're like going in on the harp and i was like <laughs> i like it it's a bold <laughs> no i mean to your point though like if you read reviews of this movie online it feels like the there are people that want to watch it so that they can say that they've seen movies that others haven't. That's like one of those big internet brags like, oh, you haven't seen that? Hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, sorry. My bad. And then uh, the other thing is I think it's a young man's game because I, I would be lying if I said I was not so much more aggressive in taking movies on when I was younger, right? Because you move out to Hollywood. Yeah, you're like, totally. I'm going to make movies. I know how to make the movies right. Hollywood's been waiting on me. You know, Spielberg doesn't know anything, right? The thing that, like, you hear young right. kids fall into all the time. And as you get older, and as I worked in the film industry for a decade and all that, you're just like, man, it's crazy that people just make movies, period. And I'm glad right. they do. And you start finding those things where you're like, damn, that movie was just cool. Like, I had a murder pinata. That's, all right, what else you got? Like, you don't, you don't yeah. feel so beholden. Because that's the other thing, too. I think when you're talking to people who have gotten through that phase, the last thing that is interesting to me is like, yes, try to impress me with how intelligent you are by telling me that a Midwestern farm probably wouldn't have a harp. It's like, I also know that. I just like the artistic effect. I don't care. Like, yes, this does not sound like Midwestern yeah. scary music at all. Doesn't matter because, again, this gets back to that, is this a, a real scenario? Right. And I think you see all these these people right. grappling with what did we just do? Right. Was the military base even real? That's a fucking insane thing they pulled off. And then, oh, right. my God, we're getting attacked by scarecrows. What the fuck? <laughs> and so every time you hear a harp, ding, it gives you that, you know, it's almost like the Wayne world. Did it? Did it? Who fucking knows, man? What would be your reaction if you saw your best friend uh, throw you through a house and then you rip him open? He's full of hay and. Money. You Money. probably you would probably have a little harp in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people probably have a harp in their head as they see that an inanimate yeah. person was reanimated. Um, no, that's a great point. It is really is quite true. But I will double down and say that that um, musically, the tempo never changing in the score, never. not yeah. once. Right. I think psychologically makes people think it's moving slower than it is. Yeah. And there are those POV moments of like, you know, someone's about to get got by a scarecrow where you could do that. I, I, it's like going into that attack mode music, Jaws, Halloween, where sure. dun, 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 dun. you feel it, right? It's like their feet fleeing. You're like, something's fleeing after them. Sure. Or you could go you slower could or you could cut yeah. the music out or you could change yeah. the instrumentation. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Drop the music out to silence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then it doesn't change it out. the magical. Because to me, the movie's so much less about the, you know, cutting the hand off. And it's more about the weird shit that is happening on this farm. Yeah. I will. And that's what I love about movies like this. Right. A movie I probably never would have found if you hadn't you know, asked me to watch it for the show. Like, I may have found it, right? I find movies like this. It's what we do sure. on the show. But, um, I mean, it could have been a long fucking time, right? And you gifted yeah. this to me. And for the rest of my life, I like to imagine probably every time I see a scarecrow from now on, right? When my wife's going out to get spicy hot apple ciders or whatever, we're at the pumpkin patch. I'm going to be like, what happened on that farm? What happened right after that photo was taken? Like, I think that's a great a great success, yeah. right? And and I think that the uh, the movie does a pretty good job of not ever anchoring us to anything that feels earthy and real, right? So maybe I'm anti mm -hmm. the Gollum thing, and I like just the you know evil. It's almost a haunted house thing at a time. Yeah, but yeah. It's 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 just more interesting than a movie called Scarecrows should be. Yeah, I I mean it, it really is one of those things. I spent a lot of time today. I was trying to look up all the trivia and like. What accounts for this? What made that? And I think 
what I like is that when people make a movie, right, it's a low-budget horror movie. So this felt like they wanted to tell a story about these commandos, and they're like, we'll never get the budget for that. <laughs> so, like, how do we get it made? Let's add a horror element. Yeah. And I bet, I bet, I bet if you ask them, right, they had a backstory to those fucking farmers. Oh, I bet. They had, there had to be something really in-depth, and this is just what they used to get us through. And for me, it's always enthusiasm, right? Like mm -hmm. I hate I hate the grindhouse style movie that is just like making fun of those movies instead yeah. of showing you the enthusiasm for what they're doing. And this movie just really feels like it was made with love. Absolutely. And that that's I mean, I love all kinds of films, but I don't like to, you know, make fun of or shit on films that are like maybe imperfect. Like there are, there are certainly things if I was going to be the a film teacher to, you know, this man <laughs> could be like, here's what I would do differently. But first of all, he did the damn thing. And I don't have a feature length yeah. film in my back yeah, pocket. He made so a fucking scarecrow I, movie, dude. Hell yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he got one what off I the love, ground. <laughs> right? Exactly that though is people who are cynical about film making, especially low budget or indie filmmaking. I just like, it's the same with, with book writing, you know, with, mm -hmm. with writers is like the lack of understanding of how much time and effort mm -hmm. and begging and money and bargaining and, you know, shutting down production and then go, you, they had just, you have to care, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are, of course, there are the cynical part, parts of the business, um, but somebody still cares somewhere down the chain, you know? It, yeah. And, yeah it's just really nice to see films like this because the passion is obviously there like yeah and that's that's the to. the fun thing because i always tell people like what's your favorite movie and they'll say something i'm like there's someone out there that thinks that's the worst movie ever made like we have to like you have to somewhat understand that right there's not some like you can hold up a scorecard like we did it we won right you can even hold up an oscar and people right. will be like fuck you right so like it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, that shit to me, it's like you can't win everyone over. So this movie is just like, hey, man, if you like Scarecrows, we got you. <laughs> we also like Scarecrows. And these yeah. are the weirdest fucking Scarecrows ever. Right? Yeah. And now we're left pondering if if this is like the island on Lost. Is this limbo? Is this some kind of hell they're in? Are the mm -hmm. farmers also in said hell? Is this just like a farm that keeps growing, right? Every year a new crop of sinners. Uh, mm. that dog obviously got scarecrow disease through transmission. So like, right. when he attacked those cops, is this going to be like a flood of scarecrows everywhere? I mean, this movie has a lot of fun shit in it, right? Yeah. Like even a weird scene. I don't know what you made of this at the end of the movie, right? After they killed uh, the Colonel, right? Yeah. And he says, how are we going to go to Mexico for both dead? And you're like, Oh, what a gut wrenching ending. <laughs> uh, the little water mill stops. Yeah. And uh, the fan stops. It's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Because first off, I was like, why did that even start up? What did you make of that? That was like a weird detail that they showed a couple times. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have thought so. So since I, I, I like both of these um, approaches, I'd always more approached it. I mean, this is maybe just how I've always approached the concept of scarecrows and that you're blowing my mind and expanding my knowledge. And it's so awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, I always took it a, a, a more of a, of the earth from the earth yeah um kind of trajectory um and so to me that was just like whatever magic created these these scarecrow things you know it's activated when there's food you know it's no, it's no to me it was no different than a plant in terms of its um okay it's it's reaction right so yeah. the magic of this whole place let's you know who who knows how it got there maybe some satanists did something maybe a witch enchanted <laughs> whatever it. that like... tree stump was in that room that tree stump and that pelt <laughs> exactly however we got there you know it's dormant if there's no if there's nothing to um to turn you know so to me that the point of it warring down was because everyone was either dead or too far away. But, yeah, if there's you know. no crops, there's no need for a scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what's weird? Scarecrows always tripped me out because the scarecrow to me, it was so strange. I was like, why didn't they invent like giant cats? You know, like what are things that eat birds in real life, right? Like why didn't the ancient Romans or whoever yeah. invented fucking scarecrows, like a giant cat or a giant owl, right? A yeah. fucking dragon, right? A monster. 
but it's a person. And so I was like, are we to believe that scarecrows just basically know that we're horrible animals that'll murder them? Or subplot is that the farmers find it a beneath them job, right? And so that's why all scarecrows look like fucking hobos. It's because it's like, you're out there. You're a less than, right? Like these people who grow things want to have this. That's a beneath them job to have to sit outside and, you know, scare away birds. And so maybe that's why the scarecrows are mad, man. They feel that less than nature. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, every time I look at scarecrows, I just see like, uh, it reminds me of like the the homeless lady that scared the shit out of everyone in Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, here's a, a person who was once a part of our society and we all just said, that's a you problem. Go live in trash. You know what I mean? And it's it's like gut-wrenching and scary. And every time I see a scarecrow, man, I'm in that same headspace. Because it, it doesn't make sense to me. Why not? Yeah, why not build a giant predator? Right. Well, <laughs> you know, and that's, well, and that's cool, though, because then it's this, it's this symbol that means one thing. Or, you know, it means one thing in a farm setting. It means another thing if you're a kid. But then it clicks all these other associations that are just yeah. societal which is <laughs> when you know you've got a cool symbol because it's yeah it's got many layers man um, <laughs> yeah but that's what that's you know. to your point though is that they have that that blank slate right all yeah. of the best things we love right witches and vamp like you have to imagine it somewhat as a slate yeah. right like when you're too hyper specific on any one thing right like for me it's like twilight when my wife was into twilight i'm like they went too far they overdefined their vampire, mm-hmm. and now I'm not like partaking in it, right? You right. know, among many other umbrages, but you know, she hates things I like too. It's fine. That's that's what marriage life is. But that's what's cool Absolutely. about the scarecrow. That's what's cool about the zombie, right? These mm-hmm. things where it's we understand they're a monster, but they're yeah. a monster, you know, that becomes hyper personalized. And again, that just like that movie, right? Them adding the nose. It didn't mm-hmm. click with me early enough. Oh, shit. That's why they're showing the picture. They wanted these scarecrows to have that human vibe. That's right. why they're so fucking vindictive. <laughs> yeah. And so then I started thinking about this hobo thing. And it's like, did they fucking steal this farm? Is this a farm where all people who do crimes are just magically drawn to be punished? Like, who fucking knows? I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I mean, that's the fun of it, though, is you can keep speculating. like, Because I feel like there's a pretty... <laughs> I bet there's a good portion of the scarecrow-loving population that think the kind of more obviously associative one, which is like, these two farmers lived here. They did something with that tree stump. That sounds wrong. But I guess that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, an animal some- up in the corner. All kinds of yeah, heinous they did, <laughs> they did something with that tree stump, and they got turned into scarecrows. And now yeah. they're, yeah, you know, following but that's but it's so great because there's no real evidence of that other than like the way some of the kind of yeah. just insert shots were cut together. And so it's really yeah. kind of it's great. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's probably they not meant at all. But I just I used to work in the art department right when I was in L.A. for a while. And yeah. I was like, I know that my boss would have been like, this would probably be a bedroom in this house. Right. Why does it have a tree stump in the dead animal shelf? <laughs> so then you start my brain's like that can't be an accident it has to be right. for a meeting and uh you know there was something with the fly swatter early in the movie that's what i mean this movie's full of loose fucking yeah. threads i forgot we totally skipped over another weird thing yeah remember when the the scarecrow was sewing harmonica guy's hand on his body yeah what the fuck <laughs> what was that yeah, but, well, that's what I think it is. Like, that they, like, I don't, there's like a logic for why they have them apart only to put them back together. But that's what I got from that is like, he's like, okay, well, this is, now I've got my scarecrow ready. I got to sew them up so I can put, you know, it's like, that's yeah. what I, the vibe I got from that scene. But yeah, it's like, what, what is going on there? Well, there's really no way to know. Yeah, because you're like, so is the scarecrow one of the three dudes in the picture and his hand got too rotten? And so we're right. led to believe they're constantly replenishing their body. Because right. the scene I thought they were setting us up for. And if we're talking about we didn't get to see the scarecrow dog attack, the scene that I really miss is I wanted him to walk up to the house with the new hand playing the harmonica on his scarecrow face. <laughs> that would have been would sick. Because cool. also that guy, Fred, when they sent him back up, right? They had the night vision goggle, like a no face zombie. Yeah. You're like, they took part of his fucking face. 
So, like, what is going on with these? I don't know. That's what I mean. There's an extra level of sadism, right? Like, playing with your toys that is really, really disturbing in this movie. Uh, If you had to give a final, just a final love letter goodbye to this movie, uh, why you love it so much and why you still think it's worth people going and finding today, what would you uh, pitch us? Um, I would say if you have a love of, of, you know, what we now would consider classic horror, right? Which is crazy. That's just like the eighties, but everything we love is becoming classics. I know. (laughs) Uh, but you know, if you love classic horror, if you love subgenres, if you love seeing people experiment with like a lesser, used underutilized monster this is yeah. the way to go I, you know we didn't talk about it but what i think why scarecrow movies are so hard to make is because it's really hard to figure out how to animate them they're not animate it's not a creepy clown which could be a psycho it could be a serial killer it could be your mom yeah you know it's it, it is an inanimate thing so mm-hmm. it takes a hefty amount of creativity to get that going yeah. and um some people will find this to be slow but try to just like remind yourself that it might be the uh, external or auditory reasons. This is fun. It's great for Halloween. Yeah. Um, and it's the only movie I've, I know where that has a line that says, they'll rip your tight little asshole out before you can <laughs> say, hey, fucking pasta. That was that you're like, Hey, time out, man. I know we're robbers, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. Uh, one of the things I've discovered, uh, as we've done, we're dropping 31 pods in 31 days. So I'm drowning in horror films right now. One of the things I've noticed, and this might be something to your scarecrow point that I hadn't put together. One of the things that horror movies love to do is kill rich white people, right? Because we watch that movie and we say, fuck them. We assume that they got their wealth and they haven't earned it. And it's fine, right? It's fine to kill rich white people. When you're talking about scarecrows, that is almost universally going to be attacking a great American institution and archetype, right? This is the hardworking salt of the earth. They get up in the morning to feed cows and raise their plants so that we can eat. So this gets back to your like you're killing someone that we have been trained and ingrained our whole lives. Norman Rockwell, you know, sedated all of us with a farmers are the reason that all of this shit works. Right. And no one wants to see those people get fucking killed. Maybe that's why scarecrows are. We need some. uh, We need a new like scarecrows in space or something. Some new setting for scarecrows. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. We need to re reshift the lens, right? Because yeah, you can't be killing farmers. No one likes that. Maybe now though, maybe you could be killing factory farmers. Everyone would be down for that. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. You could go that way. You there could go. go like you know some sort of like you know corporation that's not giving farmers their fair due, or you know, <laughs> oh yeah, all else fails. What was that Matt Damon movie when the corporation wanted to buy the farmlands? <laughs> So instead yeah. of Matt Damon litigating, it's just Scarecrow's fucking killing suits. <laughs> I yeah. fucking watch that movie. Else, <laughs> if all else fails, like just throw some shitty teens in there. You that know? always works. That's the band aid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah shitty I think, teens. I think one of the things about this movie too, the thing that, I, the reason I love this kind of movie, right? This low yeah. budget genre movie is because I think that when you make a movie like this with no backing and no safety net, right? I think what you see is stuff like I was saying in this movie that struck me, like the harmonica, the dog, the extra vicious scarecrows. They're just throwing it all at the wall. They don't feel beholden to, oh, I have to, you know, do it this way and whatever. They're just like, what will be the coolest shit? Hoping that one thing captures the imagination. And I think you get these really cool bouquet of ideas in movies like this. And I I think this Mm -hmm. is so much more interesting and fun to watch. Uh, then people online have led us to believe, man. I, I'm glad we got to talk about it. I really don't know when I would have found it, but I'm so happy that I have. <laughs> I'm so glad I could give it to you. And yeah, I, just to, to say, to put the button on it is, I completely agree. That's the beauty of it is like, make stuff. Don't, who cares if yeah. it doesn't make sense to you? Who cares if it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's going to work? If you keep working on it and you really care, it, it'll work eventually. Yeah. You'll yeah. make it work. And your love is a bridge for us to then overthink it and add all that extra shit and make you look like a genius. <laughs> that is probably the best like rah-rah speech I've heard for filmmaking. I love that. Hell yes. Uh, so would you like to tell everyone where they can find uh, whatever you're working on? You got anything you want to pitch while you're here? Yeah, sure. Um, I, 
You know, I am an infrequent, I'm a moderately frequent tweeter at Adrian underscore edits. Um, I spell my name like a fancy French lady, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, so that way. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's where you can find me. And I have lots of links to where I write and all of that there. So if you want to hear more stuff on movies or horror books or scarecrows, always, yeah. always scarecrows. <laughs> that's where you can find me. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you were awesome. I had a great time talking about this movie. It was a great selection. I appreciate you making the time for us. <laughs> yeah, I, anytime. Thanks so, for yeah, having me. I think what we have to do now, I think it's mandated. You have to find every other Scarecrow movie and come back. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I, I have a list. Challenge so, accepted? <laughs> yeah, challenge accepted. Also, uh, Mermaids is a thing that we stumbled on. I think we are the leading mermaid horror show on planet Earth. Yeah. Oh, did I strike have you? Have you watched yeah. Killer Mermaid? I don't know that I have. Yeah. See, I'm just over here touting it, but yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you're, you know, not just being nice to me and you had I'm a not. good time. I'm nice to no one. I'm, I am. Mermaid. Yeah. I am the human equivalent of the scarecrows in this movie. I have not to kind <laughs> bone in my body. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, guys, stay tuned tomorrow. We'll have another show for you every day this month. Uh, we are fast closing in on The Shining and Doctor Sleep and all of the Evil Dead movies to wrap out the month. So thank you for staying with us. Uh, find Adrienne online. Uh, I'll put links on Twitter and all that good stuff so you can find her. And uh, thanks again for making the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.